Newcastle's best childhood centres, The Little Unicorn. Explore, play, discover, grow. Enrol now. Supporting Newcastle's only mum's radio show. I got it from my mama with Beck and Sarge. NHM, I got it from my mama. You often know that mum life is harder than normal people life when you have to come to work and get three different lots of people to mind your children, <laughs> a.k.a. Beck. It happens a lot. <laughs> I'm so sorry. You had to pull on like so many resources I to really, get here. Yeah, it's a it's like a big military mission trying to organise care and everything like that. And I blame my mum. I really do. <laughs> <laughs> Just something else to blame your mum for. I know, for. because, and, you know, I really shouldn't be promoting that I blame my mum on our mum's podcast, but yeah, I do. That's okay. She should be available for me and she wasn't available for me today. So it became really challenging. She went to Probus. Yeah. And I mean, how rude is that to have her own life? Mum, why do you have any interests? You need to be focused on your child. My aunt and uncle um, live in New Zealand and um, they're my dad's sister and brother-in-law and um, they look after my mum really well. They're just amazing. And every year they organise a trip for her to come over to New Zealand and spend a few weeks with them. Yeah, I know. It's so lovely, isn't it? It's so bloody inconvenient. (laughs) It's not funny. I really, I am really anxious about it. Every time she goes, okay, I'm going to New Zealand. Let's plan it. And I'm like, oh. No, you can't do this. And she, so we tried to organise it around school holidays, and um, that didn't work. Did not work. So, in the end, she's now going in August. So basically, what I've done is prolonged the stress of looking for a sitter. Oh, but it's not in the holidays, gosh. so it doesn't matter. Oh, yeah, it's great. So it's good fun. We've got a hard time. <laughs> Ashy Bynes is coming up on today's show. We've been wanting to get inspiring Mama Ashy on for a while now, and it's not the easiest feat, but you are going to love this chat. She talks all about how you can make your relationship work and a stack of other fun stuff, working from home. And she's <laughs> mega hot too. <laughs> she's mega hot, but working from home, uh, which is really uh, impossible, but she's got some great tips on it. Uh, we'd love it if you could go to your podcast app and write us a review. I've got one. I love this exclamation mark. Oh, we love you. As a mum of young children, I enjoy the relatable content for their age group, but also what I could be heading into in the coming years. Oh, I don't know if that's a good thing hearing that. (laughs) (laughs) Education for the future. (laughs) Coming up next, Ashy Bynes. This is the I Got It From My Mama podcast. Big shout out and thank you to our sponsors, The Little Unicorn. They offer quality early childhood education for children aged between six weeks and five years of age. With a focus on fun, play-based learning, The Little Unicorn Centres have been designed with your child in mind. My little nine-month-old Lily goes to The Little Unicorn Broad Meadow. There's also Honeysuckle and soon-to-be Charlestown Square. But I love the Story Park app because it's on my phone and while I'm here at work, it keeps me up to date with what little Lily is doing and so I can go about my day and still enjoy her and her day. Visit the Little Unicorn website today. The Little Unicorn, explore, play, discover, grow. 
We are joined by Ashy Bynes now, mum, entrepreneur, PT, speaker, design powerhouse, co-founder and creative director of the Ashy Bynes Group. Her pioneering squad app has revolutionised on-demand health, fitness and well-being for women across the globe. And Ashy's core motivation is to encourage, support and empower women with the resources and knowledge to live their best lives. Oh, and she's a podcaster too. Wow. I am uh, so dialed into lessons, Ashy, and I'm absolutely loving it. Welcome to NHM. I got it from my mama. Oh, thank you so much for having me. What an introductory. I'm so excited to be here today. That was a really nice introductory. So thank you. (laughs) Sarge didn't even take a breath. First wanted to delve into your podcast lessons. I am loving it. For anyone who hasn't listened um, yet, do so. It is so great with your husband, Steve. How are you enjoying recording together? It has been so awesome. We had been kind of tossing up the idea for so long and I think we were just doubting ourselves. It was a new territory that we hadn't dove into, but now we've started, we've recorded, I think about seven now. And it's so fun to do together. We bounce off each other really well. And not only I feel like our listeners getting so much out of it, but we're interviewing such amazing people. We are learning so much along the process as well. So I'm so glad we actually have started it now and it's out there for everyone to enjoy. So I'm so glad to hear you are enjoying it. Well, I've been in commercial radio for a number of years and I find that the reason I love podcasts is because it's intentional content. It's enriching people's lives and making them better and your podcast certainly does that. The one I recently listened to was with your relationship coach. Oh, yes, that's been our most popular. I've always been a bit scared of counselling because I thought it signals basically that you can't talk to your other half properly, so you need an intermediacy. (laughs) Or you need like basically someone to referee, right? But Brian seems different, um, almost like a smart friend. Why did you employ him originally? Originally, we were just having a couple of disagreements about different things that we couldn't agree on and we didn't want to keep arguing about it so we just thought we would get someone in that can kind of be that middle person to help us see both sides and understand each other a little bit further and we just found it like literally life-changing and we've continued to do it for approximately two years now and now it's just a part of our life it's almost like you go to a personal trainer to keep up your health and fitness and you go to Um, I don't know, a different course to learn something. Our relationship is something that we believe always will need energy and growth and assistance with to be the best. And we've been together for 10 years now. And I think really passionate, deep relationships, they do take work. You know, at the start, it's all lust and butterflies and it's exciting and then throw a kid in the mix throw a couple of businesses and stress and finances and all the other things that come along with you know being married it takes work and if you want that to work I believe it it needs a lot of energy and focus and we find that he's just helped us learn so much about each other and also just understand the masculine and feminine way of thinking has really helped us be more compassionate to each other. And as you would have listened to in the in the um, podcast, boundaries and triggers, it's something that you just don't learn about. And we've learned so much about it that it's really created such a deep connection to each other and what we've been through in our past because what happens in your past really does shape who you are today. And if you don't learn about that and explore that and be vulnerable and talk about it, then how are you meant to move forward from it? Can you explain uh, your relationship and your trigger of alcohol and how that affected your relationship with Steve and then working through that just so people understand it a little bit more? Yeah, definitely. So long story cut short, I don't know 
my real father. He left when I was, I think, about six weeks old. And then I had a stepfather from very young. And growing up, he was an alcoholic. He was quite abusive physically, mentally, just not a very nice man. But my memories of him was always when he was drinking. So growing up, I left home at 16. He kicked me out of home when I was 16. And I have never been a big drinker. I've never liked alcohol. I don't like being in situations where people are very intoxicated. And so when Steve would go to have a beer, whether it was one beer or four beers or any type of alcohol, it wasn't about Steve having the drink. It was my trigger. It just brought up those emotions of anxiousness and not feeling safe, even though he wasn't, Steve has never been abusive to me, but it just brought up those memories for me. So alcohol has never been a positive experience. And I don't like the way that it alters people's personalities. People are not themselves when they are intoxicated. So Steve's had to learn that, you know, a lot of the time it's not about what he's doing. It's not the fact that he's just enjoying a beer with his friends. It's bringing up this almost wound that I haven't healed and worked through because I didn't quite understand it. So Brian's really helped us to navigate each other's triggers. And for me that, yeah, mine was alcohol. So I'm learning to just learn tools to move through that when I feel that pop up because it's not just with Steve. It can be with other people close around me. It can be events. If I see people getting really crazy and drunk, I can just, I start to feel anxious and unsafe, especially around men. Which is so understandable considering your past. Yeah, for sure. For those who haven't dived into into the all of this, can you tell us quickly about the three stages that you talk about? There is three stages in a relationship and stage number one is where it's all about me. Me, 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 what I need, how you're making me feel. This is just thinking about myself and it's almost not a selfish place to be, but you're just in your own head and thinking about what you need in the relationship. Stage number two. And you Stage were saying in, your, in the show that some people never get past that, right, Ashy? No, no, they don't. Whether that's just from lack of understanding or just not wanting to think about the other person, there's many reasons why people don't get out of that. Um, and it's hard for people if they don't learn this, then how are they meant to be good at it, you know? And number two, stage two is when you are thinking about your other, your other half, your significant other, you're thinking about their needs, but it's still like, oh, but I still need that from you. It's, it's almost like tit for tat. And then stage three is when you are unconditionally loving them, thinking about their needs, you're speaking their love language, even if it's not your primary love language, which is another whole subject we could talk about and I love talking about, but it's just all about fulfilling the other person. And when you're both in that stage three and you know, really being conscious of each other's triggers and conscious and respectful of each other's boundaries, speaking their love language, thinking about their needs, and you're both doing that, you're in a really passionate, deeply connected, loving state. And it's the most beautiful place to be. It's very hard to get there and it's really hard to maintain. But once you're there, it's beautiful. And you'll slip in and out of it throughout your whole relationship because nothing's ever black and white. Nothing's ever easy. And you'll get thrown challenges that will throw you out and get you back in your own head or stage two or stage one. But when you understand it and you practice it, it gets easier to get back there. One thing I did notice when I was leaving you a glowing review because... Oh, thank you. Ashy, I've been doing this for years, right? And I thought you guys did such a great job. Um, I did notice there were some negative rude reviews. And to be honest, we don't get a whole heap of them on ours. I know that it is something that friends of mine who have huge profiles deal with daily And um, they just tend to, um, in terms of comments on Instagram and stuff, block the people or they say sometimes when they engage and they want to stand up for themselves, it just 
um, sparks more hatred. Uh, how mm. do you deal with things like that? Because I read some of them and I thought, this is, I want to kick this person in the nethers. That's just, that's inappropriate. They, there was one that said you talk too much and I thought yeah. you talked least out of everyone who was on the show. Oh, let's be real. Online hate, it's a re- it is the dark side of social media and I would be lying if I didn't say that it has really affected me over the last couple of years. That's terrible, Ashley, and we're sorry to hear that. But, 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 I really do believe that it has made me so much stronger and through those really dark times, like there was honestly times where I just didn't know, and this is another whole topic we could dive into, but there was days where I just didn't think I would ever be able to continue living like this because it got so bad. And that's when I reached out and got mentors and coaches to help me through that because I I just felt like, is, is this my life? Is this what it's always going to be like now? It was so bad, but... Now I'm really, I'm actually really grateful for the experience. It's made me so much stronger. It's made me so resilient. It's made me an even more compassionate person. And I've learned how to deal with it. I've really learned to step back into me and my purpose and not forget why I'm here and acceptance that not, not everyone is going to love what I say or do. And at the end of the day, I know my intentions and my intentions are always to help. They always have been. Even my mom said as a little girl, all I wanted to do was help people. So I know why I'm doing what I'm doing. And if someone wants to twist what I say or say something negative or tell me I talk too much or not enough, or I should look like this or shouldn't look like that, or the way I parent is bad, or I'm eating too much, you know, it goes on and on. That's to do with them. And I'm not going to feed that negativity. I'm not going to fuel that fire And a lot of the time, I honestly do think that it's not even to do with me. Sometimes it's a reflection of what they're feeling, or maybe I've said something that has triggered them. And because I understand about triggers, you know, it's like if, for an an example, I went on a holiday last year with my husband. We always go on a holiday once a year, feel very blessed, but it's just something that we put in place at the end of the year. We went to Bora Bora, beautiful, beautiful place. And I had this online woman who just went to town on us, calling me selfish for leaving Taj behind. Um, You know, I'm so spoiled. I'm so lucky. I'm so selfish. All this, blah, blah, blah. In the end, I sent her some really nice messages and just offered her some support because I thought at the end of the day, this, this woman sounds really lonely. She honestly sounded so lonely. I thought if I was lonely, would I need someone throwing negativity back to me or would I rather like a hug? And she ended up voice messaging me on Instagram back and just said, I am so sorry. I'm sitting here. I'm a single mum. I have not been on a holiday in six years. And I felt so sorry for myself that I don't get to go on a holiday. And I was jealous that you got to go on a holiday. It's got nothing to do with you. You work hard. You're allowed to do what you want. I, I think it's great you and your partner spend time with each other because then you can be the best parents. And she just did this full 360. And I thought, God, that was a good lesson for me and a good reminder for me that it wasn't about what I was doing. It was about how she was feeling. Ashy, and I think that's right and that's what we have to take away. These people who, with these comments, I was dealing with someone recently and I'm a yoga teacher and I was speaking to one of my yoga mentors and I said, look, I just find this person as a complete stain. They were saying awful things about Mm. um, our mum's brand, that we were messy in some of our videos. And I said, (laughs) well, they shouldn't have been dealing with a mum's brand if they didn't want to be affiliated (laughs) with mum. (laughs) And I had this rage burning inside me. And my friend said basically what you've said, that what you need to do when you're 
when you come across people like this, walk in their shoes if you can and get to a place of empathy, if that is at all possible. She told me a story of two little boys who got on a train carriage in New York and um, they were yelling and, and crying and someone came up to them and said, look, you're disrupting the carriage. Can you please tell your children to shush? And the father then said, oh, I'm sorry about that. The um, two boys, we've just found out that we lost our mother. Their mum just passed away. And it's amazing what you've said. Once you saw that girl's perspective of, Mm. you know, she hasn't had a holiday in so long that she's really lonely and she's just sort of like reaching out to you, even though it is Mm -hmm. in an acidic way. Once you walked in their shoes, it does make how you feel around that different. And I think sometimes for, and without people being conscious about it, any attention is good attention. And this poor mother, you know, is at home with her baby all the time. Obviously, we're all grateful to have kids, but it's hard sometimes. It's hard when you're at home with them all day. And hats off to single parents. Like, I have the assistance of my husband and family around. It is hard work. So I could really empathize and I just wanted to be a support for her. And, you know, I still keep in contact with her every now and again. I ask for updates and check in how she's going. And it's so nice when we can pack together and support each other. And everyone's situation is different and hard in their own way. But if we can just be more kind. If we can choose kindness every, any, any time, any day, then it'll make the world a lot better place. And it starts with us, doesn't it? Yeah, Ashy. And speaking of which, working from home with a toddler. Oh my God. Oh yeah. <laughs> Let's it's, talk about that. It's gouge your eyes out sort of stuff. You do oh it with God. Taj. Beck and I try and do it all the time. It's really difficult for us. Can you tell us your, your top tips on that and how to do it effectively? Definitely. I think from a very early age, it was one of the main reasons. Well, obviously sleep is life, but I did get a sleep coach to really help Taj to sleep and he still sleeps for three hours a day. So I'm quite lucky there. So when they're newborns, I think it was a lot easier because they slept a lot or they're on the boob and you can still do things. But these days I'm at home with Taj on a Tuesday. I've recently taken Tuesdays off because I felt like I was just working too much and not spending enough time with him. So phone's kind of off on a Tuesday, but when he's at home, sleep time's when I get most of it done. Otherwise, you know, when you have a business, you have to sacrifice time. And at nighttime, when he goes to bed, Steve and I are still still working most nights. Is Steve cool with that? Because my partner often sometimes points the finger at that because he says couple time. But the thing is, I've heard so many people say it time and time again. You can have everything in life, but just not everything at the same time. I strongly believe that. Steve's quite understanding because we obviously work together. But there is times where I'm like, okay, babe, phone down, like I'm feeling disconnected and vice versa. But at the same time, we're very good at time management. I think that's really important. I plan, ask anyone that knows me, I'm so routined and I'm so structured because if I'm not, then my week is just messy. So I've got my time with Steve, I've got my time with my friends, I've got my time that I am strictly in work work mode when Taj is at daycare now. Everything is planned out. So I feel like I'm pretty good at juggling at all but if I didn't have that structure in place then I feel like I'd be an emotional wreck just trying to get everything and I'd be working while Taj is tugging at my leg and I wouldn't be present with him so then I'd feel guilty so structure and time management is is key. We're all a little bit jealous because you just got back from Bali um, yes. having some time <laughs> off with how cool is this everyone your mum. Yeah! <laughs> so that is so so cool um, I can remember yeah. going on holidays with my mum but that was before children <laughs> so this is so super cool. Um, and there's a reason Aussies go there all the time to Bali, right? 
Um, yeah. When you go there with your family, what are the things you love to get up to and places that you like to go? I think Bali is one of the best places to take kids. I, it holds a special place for me and heart because we, for me and Steve, because we got uh, married over there. But I just think there's so many beautiful cafes. Most of them are organic and healthy. There's kids clubs, there's pools, there's slides, there's a big water park, there's monkeys, there's animals. It's I feel like it's a very safe place to get around. Like I just love it. I find it's a perfect balance of relaxation, activities, good food, and amazing service. The the Balinese culture and people are so beautiful and they love kids. I, I've never seen a culture be so interactive and present with children. Every cafe you go to, everyone you bump into, they just love your kids. And I think that's really beautiful. And we've taken Taj three times to Bali and once to Fiji and Bali is just, it's the best. We always find a family friendly resort where there's kids clubs and big pools and slides and lots to do. Otherwise, I do love the villas and we hired a Balinese nanny that was recommended to me by a girlfriend of mine and she was amazing. Taj was still with us the whole time, but just watching her interact and when he went to sleep, she would watch him and we'd go get a massage and have some couple time as well and we'd all go out for dinner and she was just, she's like a part of our family now. We honestly wanted her to move over here. We were like, you're so amazing. What's her name? (laughs) I posted her on my social media and she's booked out till next year now. Oh, I bet like, you're regretting that one. <laughs> oh, I am because I tried to book her last time. She's like, I'm too booked out because you posted me on YouTube. But no, I, I think it's awesome if other families can experience the love that she gave, she gave Taj. I was like, oh, awesome. Like recommendations are the best for that kind of thing. Ashley, you were a bit in awe of um, your hotness of being a mum. Obviously, it's a holistic approach for you. You talked about before, you know, your body is your temple sort of thing. Um, yeah. You've been kind enough to let us into Ashley's squad app for a week what can people expect from it lots of support in our forum but honestly it's just your one-stop health app it's everything it's not a one-size-fits-all we have over 1600 workouts in there it doesn't matter if you're a mum at home with zero equipment we've got you covered it doesn't matter if you love going to the gym i'm glad it's not one-size-fits-all because i just threw out my skinny jeans bex really upset (laughs) that i did No, we've got lots of different options for beginners or advanced, and you can literally choose whether you want to do upper body, lower body. And then when it comes to the food as well, there's so many options. So if you're a vegetarian, if you need FODMAP friendly or vegan or no seafood or no red meat or no nuts, like you can literally select exactly what you want and it'll create a meal plan around your goal. It's not that easy being a meal planner these days, is it? No. You got to think about all these things before it used to be just like one (laughs) plan. Yeah. And what I love about it too, is there's just so much variety. You're never going to get bored. And if you are constantly enjoying what you're doing, you're more likely going to stick with it. No one wants to live off chicken and broccoli, like boring, <laughs> not satisfying. <laughs> My little not girl satisfying. does. That's about it. Yeah. <laughs> I did when I was 15. Yeah. When you're younger, I went through that stage. Yeah, no thanks. Not focused on the scales anymore. As you see, I threw out my skinny jeans, but I'm definitely going to jump on board with Ashy's squat app. (laughs) Ashy Bynes, thank you so much for taking um, the time to talk to us. You are a shining light and, um, yeah, keep shining beautiful. Thank you so much for having me. Bye. I got it from my mama. With Beck and Sarge.